listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we're coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively and get to know God and who He is, why we're here, why where we're going, and it, you can also experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have David Maxwell joining us from Launceston. Welcome, David. Hi, Jason. Happy New Year, hey? Yeah, it's been a little while since we've spoken on air. Yes, yes. So, uh, eight weeks, I think, David, and uh, have you enjoyed a bit of a break? Uh, I did have a bit of a break during that period, and it was nice to have some downtime. Yeah, awesome. David, uh, last year you shared lots of stories about your life, and... uh, it was great hearing your stories, and um, yeah, some of those stories, I guess, uh, talked about some challenges that you'd faced during your life and your, mm. particularly your Christian walk. And mm. uh, we've got a new series uh, starting today that you're going to be presenting over the coming weeks called "Reflecting Jesus." So, uh, mm. where are you going to uh, kick us off uh, this week or this uh, this program? Yeah, thanks, Jason. So, yeah, everyone has challenges in their life, and hopefully some of those challenges I shared and how God helped me deal with those challenges will help some people. But this year I'd like to look at the blessings in my Christian walk. We often uh, you know, only pray when there's problems. We forget that God blesses us so much. So what I would like to do is share a number of the blessings in my Christian walk, and hopefully that will help people focus more on the goodness of God. It's good to it's good to contemplate on the blessings, isn't it? If we if we focus on all the negative things all the time, we can get ourselves a bit caught up and a bit miserable. So yeah, definitely, it's, it's good to be grateful for the blessings. Mm, mm. So would you like me to kick off the first one? Yeah, sure. So the one that first came to mind for me was just before God called me back to him and I was out one night in a place called Ipswich in Queensland, uh, full of bravado, uh, mouthed off a little bit. Well, I was just being smart, I guess, to a young person as I went past him one night and then later on the night I came back past him but he was with a group of his friends and he pointed me out and they uh, uh, subsequently came up and gave me a right royal beating. And I, I remember being so afraid that my life was about to end, worrying that a knife was going to be pulled and, you know, something was going to happen and that was going to be it. And uh, it, 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 was a really, it was a really tough time, but God looked after me through it. And I know God looked after me through it because because I know my mum was praying for me all the time. Every day she would pray for me. Mm. And it was, it was a bad thing, but it was actually a good thing. Um, and, and I'm not, Go on, you're going to say something. How does that uh, experience turn out to be a good thing? I'm intrigued. Yeah, yeah, well, it wasn't pleasant, you know, being beat up. I mean, no one likes being beat up, but it was a wake-up call for me, mm. uh, a real wake-up call because... It, it was something that helped me realize that God was there because it was, I was, you know, somehow, you know, someone actually walked past on the other side of the street at this early hour of the morning and called out to this guy and stopped him doing what he was doing. And, you know, that was just so unusual. And then they just walked on their way. Um, very strange thing that happened and I was able to leave and I was okay. But it it showed me there was a God, someone looking out for us, 
and it also reminded me that I wasn't ready to meet him. So it was a really good thing. You know, I'm sure God was watching over me. I know he was because of my mother's prayers. Mm. And today what I want to begin this series with is the the series on reflecting Jesus by looking at one of the many characteristics of God and how we can reflect this in our daily life. And this this experience for me was a turning point because as I realized that God did exist. You know, I'd put him out of my mind for all of these years. And, you know, God doesn't make bad things happen, but he allows certain things to happen. And when we look back on them, we can often see the blessing that they were. Um, They weren't a blessing at a time. You know, my head was like a a moon crater, Mm -hmm. had all these bumps and bruises and black eye, and my shirt was all bloodied. And it it was a real, I was a real mess. But it wasn't permanent, it passed, but the feeling of being watched over was a really, really important feeling for me. And so I I began to turn back to the Bible, I began to research for God, because I'd grown up as a Baptist, and I'd been taught a lot from the Bible going to Sunday school. But I'd walked away from God, and I'd left all that, and I thought there was, you know, better out there in, in the world. But what I found was that... It's a lonely place. Uh, you got to look after yourself. You don't look after yourself. Something like what happened to me happens. Mm. And sometimes it can be fatal. And if we're not ready to meet God, if we're not ready in our life to acknowledge him, that can be the end. And I was very, very pleased looking back that I went through that experience as unpleasant as it was. Mm. That, that's what was important for me. There's a verse that I recall, and I can't recall the exact passage, but it says that uh, the kind of sorrow that God wants us to experience is that that brings us back to him. And uh, mm. I think that's uh, often what happens. I, I guess he doesn't, he doesn't uh, want us to be uh, going through difficult uh, experiences, but if it means ultimately that we turn back to him and we get closer to him, then he allows that to happen. Yeah, and that's kind of my thought around a listener question I'd like to ask today. Um, Perhaps people who are out there listening today would like to text in a response, and you'll share the the, the number about that later. Um, But I'd like them to text in a response or a view of the topic as we're going through this topic about love, uh, maybe some input. Uh, And also on this question, what was something bad that happened? But when you reflected on it later, you know, you look back at what happened, you realize that what happened was actually for your good. Mm. And so, you know, you can count that as a blessing. Mm. I count this as a blessing Mm. because it... It pulled me up in my arrogance. It pulled me up in my rebellion against God. And it helped me to actually see who I was and where I was and how I was just a tiny little speck in a huge universe by myself mm. without the God who could look after me. Sometimes it's hard to see at the time when you're going through those experiences that uh, it may well be a blessing. But uh, often when mm. we look back over time, we see, yeah, that actually was a a point in life that, uh, you know, it changed my direction and the the results was actually a good thing. Mm. Um, Now, Mm. that number to text your answer, so tell us what uh, has happened in your life that um, 
you know, seemed like a bad thing at the time, but in uh, hindsight, you actually see that it was a good thing. Text us in your experience on 0488 880 That's our Tassie Encounters show number. We'd love to hear from you. Now, uh, later in the program, we're going to have a book offer that uh, the same number you'll be able to use to text in a code that we'll give you. And, of course, if you've got any questions, you can use that number as well. So that's 0488 880891. Just before we go on, uh, David, um, last year you ran two different series. Um, mm. I think the first one... Um, I'm actually struggling to remember the, the title of it. Now you must know it because it was yeah. based on Psalm 23. What was that God's title? Amazing Love. God's Amazing Love, that's it. And then later in the year you moved over to a new uh, series called... The Coming King. The Coming King. And so all of those episodes are available on the Faith FM website. That's faithfm.com.au. And you can also get them and listen to them on the Faith FM app on your phone or tablet. You can go to the App Store on your Google uh, Google Play Store or your Apple um, App Store and download the Faith FM Australia app and you can listen to all of our programs there. Mm. So we're going to go to a break shortly and... Uh, yeah, just remember that number, write it down, 0488 880 This is our first song. Oh, just just before we go to this, um, you know, I was, I was thinking of your question and your, your story, and uh, there's a, a beautiful song that I would have loved to play, but I've actually got it picked for a program for tomorrow. So mm. <laughs> unfortunately, you missed out on this beautiful song. It's actually oh, called Blessings, but uh, you'll hear that tomorrow, and it's very applicable to this as well. Mm. But uh, first song today is Torrin Wells with Hills and Valleys. tears away and I felt the pain of heartbreak and I've seen the brighter days and I've prayed prayers to heaven from my lowest place and I have held your blessings God you give and take away no matter what I have your grace is enough and no matter where I am I'm standing on the mountains, I will bow my life to the one who sent me there. In the valley, I will lift my eyes to the one who sees me there. When I'm standing on the mountain, I didn't get there on my own. When I'm walking through the valley, I know I am not alone. Your God of the My dreams get broken In you I hope again No matter what I know I'm safe inside your hands On the mountains I will bow my life To the one who sent me there In the valley I will lift my eyes To the one who sees me there When I'm standing on the mountain I didn't 
Listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're talking with David Maxwell. Um, he's starting a new series uh, right today, which uh, is called Reflecting Jesus. We'll talk a bit more about that in a moment, but before we do, before we went to the break, we asked you a question, and that question was share with us uh, something that was bad that happened to you, but when you looked back in hindsight when you reflected on it you realized that it was actually a good thing that it happened text us in your answer to 0488-880-891 we would love to hear from you now uh, david before the break we were talking about what you're going to be sharing today and um you know how we can reflect god in our daily lives and and the love of god in particular and you're going to go through a series of uh, programs talking about these things. So uh, what are we going to be starting with today? Yeah, thanks, Jason. Look, first we'll have a prayer. We'll read a passage for today, uh, Galatians five sixteen to 26. This is a passage that we're going to spend some time in over the coming weeks. And we're going to look at different characteristics of God that are mentioned in this uh, in this passage and how we reflect it. So maybe I'll have a prayer first, and then I'll get you to read the passage. Sure. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that we can open your word freely still today, and we ask that your presence would be with us and you would speak to us. Give us understanding as we read, as we listen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the passage is Galatians five sixteen to 26, and do you have uh, New King James Version? I do. I've got that yeah. right in front of me. Could you read that for us, please, Jason? Sure. In uh, this Bible, it's titled, Walking in the Spirit. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murderers, or sorry, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. 
of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, th- against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And we live in the Spirit. Sorry, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. There's a big Thanks. list of things there, David. <laughs> yes, you're right, Jason. And and look, as we listen to some of those bad things, the fleshly um, evidences, I guess, we all would identify with something in there. Mm. And you think, oh, man, there's no hope for me because I, I fit in there somewhere. It's, and it it's, says, it's interesting, isn't it, that uh, you, you might say, well, I'm not a murderer. But yeah. but do you envy something? You know, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Or or right at the end, conceited, yeah. provoke each other, yeah. envying. You know, everybody does these things. Yeah. But we're not going to focus on them because we all fit into that. We're going to focus on this fruit of the spirit and how it's displayed in and through our lives, and uh, and how or what it, what it is in God's um, character as well. Mm. So my opening opening illustration today is uh, a. Uh, illustration entitled Mother Changes Charges Nothing. Mother Charges Nothing. A mother found under her plate one morning at breakfast a bill made out by her small son Bradley, aged eight. And children tend to do things like this. Um, they, they have a very small understanding and it's growing as they get older. On the note, wrote, he wrote, Mother owes Bradley. For running errands, 25 cents. For being good, 10 cents. For mu- taking music lessons, 15 cents. For extras, I'm not sure what the extras were, <laughs> 5 cents. Total, 55 cents. So mother smiled but doesn't make a comment. And at lunch, Bradley finds this folded bill under his plate and he finds the 55 cents. But there's another note there. It's another piece of paper, neatly folded like the first. And when he opens it, he reads... Bradley owes mother. I I bet he was a bit concerned. (laughs) For nursing him through a serious fever, nothing. For being good to him, nothing. For clothes, shoes and playthings, nothing. For his playroom, nothing. For his meals, nothing total, nothing. And he probably breathed a sigh of relief, I'm sure. Yeah, I reckon he did. But don't we often think that God owes us so much for all our efforts? You know, he owes us salvation because we've been so good. We deserve it. And even if we don't say it, at times that's how we act. You know, you see people, and maybe we've done it ourselves, I'm sure we have, where we, we are, we've got to do so much good because I need to make God happy. And this comes from uh, ancient times of placating uh, the gods, if you like, a little g, where they would they would have to do so much good to outweigh the bad. Um, and philosophy is a lot like that as well in its thinking. But over the next few weeks, I'm going to review these fruit of the Spirit starting today with love. Mm. Because when we identify this fruit of the Spirit and how it is displayed in our lives it flies in the face of that thinking that I can work my way to heaven. And so I want to unpack that. Mm. So what do we really know about the word love? 
<clears throat> so many applications uh, for love today, Jason. You know, we say, I love mangoes, and I really do. I think the fruit of the uh, tree of the tree in the new earth, where it has 12 fruit and they, they ripen every month, I think it's going to be 12 different kinds of mangoes. <laughs> I don't know what you like. <laughs> I, I actually like dried mango. I'm not so keen on the fresh mango, so, but uh, my favourite fruit is watermelon, a good watermelon. Oh, I, I love see. It. So have you tried that yellow watermelon? Uh, yes, I have. I prefer the pink one. Yeah, yeah. Yellow one's quite interesting. It's like a cross between the red watermelon and uh, um, uh, what's the other one called? Is it the? Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> but there's another. There's Doesn't another. Matter. There's another melon. Melon. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Rock melon. That's the one. Well, you know, um, we might even say, "I love my brother." Uh, we might say, "I love my wife," and very clearly, they're different kinds of love. I might say, I love the way you dress. Mm. I love your hair. Well, I haven't got much of it at the moment. Uh, I shaved for shave for a cure. It hasn't grown back yet? Yeah. yeah I kept it short for a while <laughs> while, while we were waiting for the lady to recover. It's, but um, it's slowly yeah. growing. That, that, that word love, it's like um, the English language is, is deficient, isn't it? Because yeah. there are so many aspects of love. And it, it really, like if you say, oh, I love my car... Yeah. It, it could mean, well, I enjoy driving my car. It's not really that you love your car. It's that there's something about the car that you enjoy or or you admire the craftsmanship of those who designed it or whatever it is. Yes, but sometimes your wife might think, he loves his car more than he loves me. <laughs> true, true, yes. <laughs> Even in the Bible, there are different words for love. And in all, there are four types of love described in the Bible, but only three words that I've discovered that are used to describe that kind of love. And the first one is a storgos love, and it actually is used as a Greek construct together with phileo, which we'll mention in a moment. In Romans 12.10 and other places as well, it actually means the familial, parental, uh, or the love of siblings. It's a physical and emotional love. Now, the next one is phileo. Many people have heard what phileo means. Uh, that type of love is used in John 11.13, for example, and it refers to the kind of love of friends. And In a verse I'll mention a little bit later, Jesus actually uses this particular word as well as Peter. We'll talk about that later. It's a physical and an emotional love. Then there's the agape love. Now, everybody's heard of agape love. This is love that originates with God, and you'll find this in many, many verses in the Bible. But um, just for example, if you're writing down 1 John 4.19, John 3.16, we'll look at that one in a moment. <clears throat> and this is a spiritual love, not so much physical and emotional. It's a spiritual love. There's also the eros love, so erotic love, and it's only referred to in the Bible. It's not actually used in name. The word love's not used to describe it. So books like Song of Solomon, um, where it's used, and it's uh, this, this type of eros love is spoken against an incorrect use of it, like in adultery. However, the word love is not actually used to describe this feeling. So how do we know which is which, in that even in the Bible... There's so many different types. I guess it's all about the context, isn't it? Yes, yes. Very much many things in the Bible are about context, mm. and so that really helps us to understand which is which. But this Dutch couple, Freddie and Ria, they've, they've been married for about 30 years, and they seem to make marriage easy and beautiful. It just looks 
like it's natural. And when asked their secret to a happy marriage, they gave seven tips. Now, these are the seven tips. I'm going to only have time to quickly mention them. But the first one is to be positive about others. Don't speak negatively either to each other or in public and encourage rather than criticize. Very, very important. Secondly, apologize as soon after disagreements. They went further to actually say, even do this when you're not in the wrong. And that's a really tough one. But it helps to disarm the conflict almost immediately. Thirdly, grow and try new things together. So you'll grow apart if you're not growing together. And learning something new actually helps um, to connect better. So Mm. do it together. Take care of yourself. Don't let your stuff get in the way and take responsibility of your own physical and mental health. Many people overlook that. Mm. We've got to look after ourselves Mm. as well so that we can look after others. Try and see, number five is try and see things from the other's perspective. You know, walk a mile in um, the other's moccasins, as the old saying says. Mm. Practice empathy and discuss it openly and... um, when you know when you don't understand each other actually discuss it openly and don't take offense as you're discussing it commit to forever this is a big one take leaving off the table now i know that um you know relationships can be toxic and sometimes it's better to get out of those relationships but when you take leaving off the table um and it's a non-option it makes it um, you're much more dedicated to making things work out. Now, this this is ideal; doesn't mm. work all the time. Mm. But these are the seven steps. Mm. The last one was make each other a priority. Don't take each other for granted. Put in the effort and never stop dating. Some good tips there, David. Um, and it's interesting to note that uh, I didn't hear or didn't see in that that list or hear you talk about. Um, you know, all the feelings that we feel, you know, stay feeling in love, you know, because I guess these things are more based on actions and, uh, yeah. you know, things that we can actually consciously make a decision to do. Uh, yeah, it's a demonstrated relationship. That's what it's talking about. Yeah, it, It's not about saying, well, I don't uh, feel in love with you anymore, so I'm mm. out of here sort of thing. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll talk more about the demonstration side of it when we come back. Yeah, awesome. Okay, we're going to go to a break. Before we do, just a reminder of the listener question. Share with us something bad that happened to you. Um, but when you reflected on it later, that you realised it actually was a good thing. So we'd love to hear from you. Text us in on 0488 880 We've got a, a book coming up later. It's called Surprised by Love. We'll give you more information about that in our next section. But right now, this is Love Remains by Hilary Scott.
is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're speaking with David Maxwell today on his new series, Reflecting Jesus. And today David's been talking about the first topic in his series, the topic of love. Now before the break we were talking about how love is demonstrated in a marriage relationship between two couples and uh, we went through seven points which were great points I think anyone listening would benefit from uh, applying some of those points in their lives and in their marriages but you know uh, David even Christian couples get divorced Mm. it would be fantastic if that wasn't the case but reality is that it does happen and uh, perhaps sometimes they don't feel loved within their within their marriage mm-hmm. um, how can we know what real love is if uh, even in this case the Christian couples who are meant to be reflecting God's love mm. even these flawed examples um, well in these flawed examples how are we meant to see 
what God's love is really all about? Yeah, look, that's a really, really good question, um, Jason, and very relevant for for all of us, because uh, any of us is only one step away from you know a tragedy in our lives, uh, either either emotionally or phys- emotionally or physically. Um, so before the break, I was describing what some demonstrated examples of ideal uh, love looks like. However, as you've mentioned, that's just in human terms and through human effort. How do we really know what God's love looks like? Mm. Is it the way we reflect it in the human terms, or is it something different? What does God want from and for us? And it's really great that the Bible actually talks about some of these things, but it's important to dig a bit deeper. We're going to do that when we look at a few verses today. So in in John one eighteen, Jesus himself, when he was here, talking with his disciples and others that were around him, said that no one has seen God, referring to God the Father, at any time. All right? That's a, that's a really interesting statement. Mm. I'll expand on that in just a moment. But if he said that no one has seen God at any time, how on earth could we possibly know what God is like? He then goes on to say that he himself has declared the Father to him. So mm. a first-hand witness in an accident, for example... We can't really we can't really debate what happened in their version of events unless you were present as well. Um, you just can't because you weren't there, you don't you didn't see it. It's only a first-hand witness that can re um can, can actually respond in a really practical and realistic way, <coughs> meaningful way. Um, so if Jesus says that he himself has declared the Father to him, to them, or to us, then, then his declaration of the Father is a concrete one, and others perhaps not so much. The word used here in that declared to, uh, the Father to them is a Greek word, exegeomai, and it means to make fully and clearly known. It's where we get the word exegesis from. You may have heard some very clever people talking yeah. about exegesis. Yes. It simply means reading the Bible in context and with good study and bringing the meaning out of the mm. Bible rather than saying, hey, I would love to talk about X, Y, Z. Let's find some verses that support that. That's yeah. called eisegesis, putting your meanings into the Bible. Mm. Exegesis is bringing it out, making it fully and clearly known. I'd, I'd, I'd put it in layman's terms as unpacking. <laughs> correct. <laughs> unpacking correct. what the scripture means. So Jesus is unpacking, in your terms, what the Father looks like, how the Father is, how he behaves, what he's like, basically. Mm-hmm. So any picture that anyone's given you of God before Jesus comes and makes it the clearest is flawed. It's flawed in some way. So if we look at Old Testament, not saying the Bible is flawed, but the representation of God could be flawed because people are presenting God as they experienced him. Mm. And so oftentimes we read some of those stories <clears throat> and the people have displayed God as um, as abrupt, as angry, as um, revengeful and all of those sorts of things. Is that really correct? So we've got to look at that picture based on how Jesus presented God in the New Testament. Mm. Not to say that the Old Testament's wrong, but making sure we use the New Testament expression of God through Jesus 
as a interpreter for that. You know, it's interesting. Uh, on Tuesday, I did a program with uh, Peter Watts, and um, the uh, sort of subtitle of that was "God's Love for Man," and mm. uh, it was so connected to what we're talking about here um, that you know Jesus was the true reflection of God. Yes, he's the eyewitness. Mm. So, who is who is Jesus himself? On the topic of love, we know that uh, what God's love is like only by really listening to what Jesus said, or, or mostly, should I say, by lo- listening to how Jesus explained it. Mm. In the Gospel of John alone, there are over thirty-seven uses of the word agape, type of love. This is the love that comes from God. Really good to look at John. It's why some commentators will say, if you want to read the Bible, start with John. Mm. It's a really good one. So John 3.16, many people know this verse. uh, It talks about God's love. For God so loved, agape, the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting love, life. That's a really good expression. It's a great expression demonstration if you like what does the love of god looks like look like that he himself would come as part of the godhead and live a life for us heal show us how to live and then die on our behalf that's a demonstration of what love really looks like it's selfless that's the word i would use there mm. John 15, and I hope if you've got your Bibles you can flick to these. Um, I, I quickly turn to them, and I'm reading from the New King James in all of these verses. John 15 and verse 9 also shows how Jesus loved us, and he, his love is the same as God's love. Uh, let me read it, John 15 and verse 9. It says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. So his love, the love that he demonstrated to us while he was here on earth, is an expression of the way God the Father loves him. Mm. That's a powerful verse. It really is. Yeah. It really is a powerful verse. And you were going to say something? No, no, you go on. Righto. John twenty-one fifteen to 19. Now, in this passage, Jesus uses both agape and phileo. I'd like to just summarize it for you rather than read it this time. Jesus is restoring Peter. Peter denied Jesus three times. So Jesus restores him and asks him a question three times. And I'll put the real Greek meaning into each of these as I say it. So he firstly comes to Peter and he says, Peter, do you agape me? Mm. And Peter says, oh, Jesus, I phileo you. I love you like a brother. (laughs) Jesus says to do some things. And then he says, Peter, do you agape me? Peter says, oh, Jesus, you know everything. I phileo you. I love you like a brother. Then Jesus says, but Peter... Do you really phileo me? He doesn't use agape this time. He uses phileo and he says, do you really even love me like a brother? And the Bible says Peter was hurt. Peter was hurt because Jesus came down to his level and said, well, do you really even love me like that? You know, do you you remember the Dutch couple, Freddie and Rhea? Mm. When we witnessed their relationship, we're able to see how love is expressed in how they treated each other. And this is what Jesus is saying to Peter. Your expressed love doesn't even show phileo love. So how in this cruel and selfish world where our best attempts like Peter uh, is often tainted with self-interest, how do we see the love of God? We're going to look at that a little bit more Mm. um, after the break. Mm. 
Well, let's go to the break. Um, just before we do, we had David from Western Australia texting in. He says, uh, good morning, David and Jason. My wife, Tina, and I celebrated 36th anniversary on the 4th of January 2022. That's fantastic. And uh, they value what they like to call the no exit clause. That's a bit about what we were talking about before, wasn't it? So thanks, mm. David, for sharing with us. Um, we're going to go to a break, but before we do, Surprised by Love, the Unexpected Rescue of God's Children. Uh, this is a story of God's love for his children, his excitement and the plans he's made to be together with them through eternity. That's our book today. We will give you the code right after the break, but right now this is JJ Heller with What Love Really Means. He cries in the corner where nobody sees. He's the kid with the story no one would believe. He prays every night, dear God, won't you please, could you send someone here who will love me? Who will love me for me? Not for what I have done or what I will become. Who will love me for me? Because nobody has shown me. Wait. 
You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're talking with David Maxwell this morning on the topic of love. Now, before the break, I promised you the code to claim our free offer today. This is the book called Surprised by Love and it's by Elizabeth Talbot, The Unexpected Rescue of God's Children. You can text in our show number 0488 880891. The code is REFLECT1, R-E-F-L-E-C-T, and the number one, no spaces. Text REFLECT1 to 0488 880891, and you can claim your free book, Surprised by Love. Now, David... um, what you were talking about before the break, are you sort of saying that, um, you know, it's it's unlikely that we'll ever really know what God's love is like by looking at his followers because, you know, we're all flawed? Yeah, yeah. You're kind of right, but I'm not really saying that. And I'm so, so I'm saying yes and no. Um, it is possible to understand what the love of God looks like by looking at his followers and seeing how it's expressed through them. But it's tricky. It's a bit tricky. So that's what I want to unpack now, if you like. Awesome. So in in 1 John 4.20, John paints a dilemma that if we can't even love each other, how can we love a God who we can't see? So, you know, we can see our brother, we can see our spouses, we can see our friends, our family. If we can't love those people we do interact with physically, how can we love a God we haven't seen? So uh, that's a really interesting question. But he also shares in John 5.42 in his gospel, he, he shares something else that's quite important. And he says that without God, it's impossible to love because God is Love. Hmm. So you can actually synonymously in many places change that word from God to love, reread the verse, or really opens up another aspect of the verse, or change love to God and it, when, where it's used as agape, and you can bring a new meaning to a verse as well. Let me read First John chapter 3, 10 to 12, because this is really interesting. First John chapter 3, 10 to 12. In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you've heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of the wicked one, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brother's righteous. So when we read about Cain and Abel, we see that he he had the wrong focus. He was focusing on himself. He wasn't focusing on what God had asked him to do. And that was represented in the way he brought his offering to God. Mm. It was a, like, I think this is best. This is the best of what I've got. This is my works. This is my effort. But God said, no, I want you to do a specific thing with the offerings because of what it represents. It looks outside yourself to a land that's innocent. That was to look outside of ourself to Jesus, who was innocent. It's interesting, isn't it, how how, um, with Cain, you know, sort of because of his disobedience to God, that developed in him through the consequences of disobedience, this sense of hate towards his brother. Yes, yes. But because we're looking at the love of God, how did God respond to this? And when we look at 
uh, the story in Genesis four thirteen to 15, we see how God responds. So Cain says to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. God said, you're going to have to go out and wander, wander around. Mm. He says, it's greater than I can bear. Shortly, you've driven me out this day from the face of the ground, because that's what he did. He was a worker of the soil. I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive, a vagabond in the earth. And it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. And this is what the Lord says. Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. He's just killed his brother, and now he's worried about his own life, and God respects that. And he says, uh, he, he sets a mark on Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. This is not a God of vengeance. This is a God of love. This is a God who cares even for the guilty. And, and he protects Cain because Cain... Cain seems to be repentant for what he'd done. So here we see God's mercy, Old Testament, God's mercy. Then we look at the New Testament, we see a story in uh, in the Bible where, where Jesus has been brought a woman caught in adultery. And the rules were, if, she was to, if, if someone was caught in adultery, a woman and a man were to be brought, both of them were to be stoned. They just bring the woman. So clearly this is a trap for Jesus. So Jesus has a discussion with those that have brought him, and then uh, they all leave because they feel they feel oh we're in no place to condemn this woman. Mm. So Jesus stands up and he says, "Where are your accusers?" And they say, "This woman says they're gone." And Jesus says, "Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more." Jesus is the same as God the Father. Jesus showed mercy to those who didn't deserve it just like God showed the Father shows mercy to Cain who didn't deserve it. Mm. John 3.19, let me read another one. John 3.19, let me zip across here, got to be quick. (laughs) It says, and this is the condemnation. This is how we're condemned, it says, that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. So the word used here is agapeo, meaning that we replace the love that comes from God with the spiritual love of darkness. So if we shut God out, how can God's love come in and display itself through our lives? But conversely, if we don't shut God out and we allow him in, true love can be shown. Mm. And this is the key. Uh, the Bible outlines in a number of verses that all of our righteousness, all of the, the most holy, great, perfect things that we can do are like filthy rags. We have nothing of worth to offer God. And in John five fifteen five, Jesus even says, without me you can do nothing. So nothing of value, nothing of worth, nothing of eternal value. So if we're devoid and bankrupt of any kind of goodness... How can we possibly mm. show this fellow love to our human beings? That's what I was going to ask. So how do we do it? That's it. Mark ten twenty seven. number of other verses in the Bible uh, uh, support this. It says, with God, all things are possible. Final illustration. Paganini, the great violinist and a beggar. One day a beggar was, the story's retold that a beggar was um, trying to earn some kind of living by, you could call it playing music. He was, he was strumming a violin with a, with a um, 
the thing that they use to strum the violin. The bow. The bow, (laughs) bow, that's it, that's it. Thanks, Jason. So he's trying to play the violin. He's not getting very much money and nobody's paying much interest. But then an old man comes along and says, can I please play some music? the, The beggar figures, well, it can't be worse than what I'm doing, gives him the violin. He tunes it with the tuning. Um, 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 things that they tune at the top of it uh, <laughs> and then he begins to play fantastically on the violin it's not long before people start gathering around word spreads through the city what's going on it's Paganini it's the great master of the violin he's playing and the money's pouring into this man's hat really this is a great example of what God wants to do with us we're the instrument he wants to make beautiful music out of our lives if we just put our lives in his hands. Mm. Um, this, this is wrapped up in a verse in Colossians 3.14 where it says to put on love, put on love. And in Romans 13.14, we're told to put on Christ. And in another, word, another verse in 1 John 4.8, it says that God is love. So if Jesus is God, God is love. Jesus is love. If we put on Christ, we're putting on love. And that's how we are able to actually display love to other people. So if we put on Christ every day, then we can display this love to others. And very importantly, in 1 Corinthians, I have to finish with this first because I've run out of time. 1 Corinthians 13, 2 talks about all these amazing things, prophecy, understanding, knowledge, faith. It says, uh, if I could have all of these things, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I have all of these things, but have not God, I am nothing. Mm. We need to have Christ in and through our lives And that is how we demonstrate true love to others. Thanks, David. This uh, is a great study on the love of God. So uh, what have you got for us next week, David? Next week we're going to talk about joy. Joy is a wonderful emotion, and we're going to talk about how joy, uh, what joy is uh, as it pertains to God's character and how we reflect that in our daily life. Now, something that uh, nobody's commented on, but uh, normally you do your programs on Friday, but Mm. from now it's going to be Thursday, so uh, join us next Thursday with Mm. David Maxwell again. We're talking about the topic of joy. Now, tomorrow is going to be a different program and a different series on Fridays called Connecting the Dots, and tomorrow Mm. you'll be joining Tabitha and myself with the title of The Big C, and we'll let you guess what the C means. It could be challenge, it could be career, it could be (laughs) crash, it could be anything. So we'll talk about The Big C tomorrow, and we hope you can join us. Um, Just remember our code for today, reflect number one. Text us in on 0488 880891. We've had a few people text in. So wherever you are, we just hope you enjoy the rest of your day and may God be with you. This is Linda Shelton with Spread a Little Love Around. Get out today, spread a little love around